Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Hatchbend Apostolic Church web broadcast. In our society today, some, and yes, sadly, maybe even most, question the value of preaching in their lives. But we still believe what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In essence, Paul preached that God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And so that's why we still place such a high value on the preached word of God in agreement to the scripture. And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from the pulpit of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. Proverbs 18.24 says, He's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. He's an ever-present help in trouble. No matter where I am, no matter where I'm going, no matter what I may be facing, He's the one that remains constant and consistent, always true. Oh, somebody say amen. Oh, what a wonderful opportunity it is to lift up the name of Jesus Christ. Name that saves and delivers, heals, empowers, equips, endows, enlightens. Whatever we need, that name has the ability to do it. And so it is a joy to be in the house of the Lord today. We give honor to Pastor and Sister Boyd, remembering them in our prayers. So happy that my family is here with me today. And if you have your Bibles, we're going to open... And we're going to read from two different portions of Scripture. We're going to read first in Matthew chapter 3, verse number 11, and also from 2 Timothy chapter 1, beginning of verse number 5. So 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse number 5. But first, let's turn our attention to Matthew chapter 3, verse number 11. And the Bible tells us this, it says, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance, but he that cometh after me is mightier than I, whose shoes I am not worthy to bear. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. In 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse number 5, it says, When I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee, which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois, in thy mother Eunice, and I am persuaded that in thee also. Wherefore I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God, 
which is in thee by the putting on of my hands. Verse number six says, you have to stir up the gift of God. I want to preach to us today on this subject, stir up the fire. Stir up the fire. Can we lift our hands? Let's pray all together. Father, in the name of Jesus, we are thankful for every life that is here, every individual that is in this room. And Lord, we are praying that you would anoint your word. God, let it do what it is designed to do. Let it accomplish, let it prosper in the way that it is sent. Oh, Lord, from the top of our head down to the sole of our feet, let the word come alive in our soul and in our spirit. God, we give you all praise, all glory, and all honor in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you for standing with me. Well, in our opening text, we are reading about a statement that is made by a man named John the Baptist. And John the Baptist was not your ordinary, everyday, run-of-the-mill kind of speaker. John was different, and he was distinct. He was unusual, and he was unique. But he was also powerful and persuasive. There was an authority and an anointing upon his life. Matter of fact, John would go out into the wilderness where there was nobody, and he would begin to preach. And as he would begin to minister, crowds would form and multitudes would come from all over. And before you know it, there would be a mass of people listening to John preach. And what made this so perplexing was the actions and, and the statements that he made. John did not dress like the other preachers and ministers or priests. He would simply wear a leather girdle and eat locusts and honey. And he was not very polished or politically correct. If you were worried about being offended, don't hang around John very long. He's going to get you in a jam. John would just tell you what he thought, whether you liked it or not. Matter of fact, in one portion of the scripture, he just called people out saying, you are vipers and you are snakes. John didn't pull any punches. He held absolutely nothing back. But there was something about him. People would come from all over. They would travel from other towns and cities. and Some would come great distances because they wanted to hear the ministry of John the Baptist. And because of this, it got people talking. It got different ones wondering, how could John preach the way that he does? How can John flow under such a heavy anointing? Why is it that people from all over come and they want to hear his ministry? And the longer they discuss this, the more they feel like they reached a conclusion. The reason why John was so powerful, the reason why John was so anointed is because John the Baptist was actually the Messiah. He had to be. There was no other explanation. 
So finally they approach him. When they come towards him, they explain that they think they know who he is. They feel like the verdict has already been reached, but they just need to hear it from his mouth and from his voice. They said, John, just go ahead and assure us once and for all. But we feel like you are the Christ. You are the Savior of the world. John paused for a moment. That could have been the moment he went Facebook live. But instead, he said, no. Uh, Matthew 3 and 11 gives us his exact response. He said, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance. But he that cometh after me is mightier than I, whose shoes I'm not worthy to bear. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. John said, ah, if you think I'm anointed, if you think I'm powerful, if you think I have a dynamic ministry, hang on just a little while longer because there's one who's coming after me, the latchet of whose shoes I'm unworthy to stoop down in a loose. He's going to give you more than good religion. He's going to give you more than membership to a local church. He's going to baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Now, when Jesus finally came on the scene, he did not disappoint. Even when John baptized him, God spoke in an audible voice and said, This is my beloved son. The spirit descended in a bodily form like a dove. And everywhere Jesus went, lives were changed. Everywhere Jesus went, the lame would begin to walk. The sick would be healed. The poor would hear the gospel. And even the dead would come back to life. But despite all of the miracles and even all the notable events that had taken place, Jesus kept referring to something that had not yet transpired. John 14, 18, he said, I will not leave you comfortless, but I will Come to you. And in verse 26, he said, And that comforter which is the Holy Ghost, that comforter is coming. Oh, somebody say, It's coming. John 16 and 13, he said, It's the Spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive. That Spirit is going to guide you into all truth. And in Luke 11 and 13, he said, If we know how to give good gifts to our children, how much more shall our Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask Him? If we can give our children toys and presents, if we can give gifts to our sons and our daughters, how much more is God going to do since He's our Heavenly Father? He's going to give the Holy Spirit to them that ask Him. And so it was in Acts, the second chapter. Acts, the first chapter, excuse me. After Jesus had overcome the grave, after Jesus had conquered the de- conquered death, after he had died on the cross of Calvary and had nails in his hands and nails in his feet, 
Three days after he came up out of the grave. And in Acts 1 and 8, he told his disciples, he said, you shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. You shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and to the uttermost part of the earth. Jesus said, you better go and tarry at Jerusalem till you're being due with power from on high. The reason why I came, the reason why I died, the reason why I suffered is not just so I can walk with you or talk with you, but I want to live inside of you. And so when that second chapter came, and when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire. Cloven tongues like as of fire fire and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance at the very beginning at the very onset at the very start the church was birthed in the fire fiery worship fiery prayer fiery praise Peter tried to get up and talk but his talk turned into fiery preaching when he said these men are not drunk as you suppose seen as but the third hour of the day I could see him being real calm and collected but then the fire jumps on you and you start raising your voice and your head starts bobbing and you start to take some action he said, they're not drunk as you suppose, seen as but the third hour of the day. This is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel, that in the last days, say of God, I'm going to pour my spirit upon all flesh. Peter preached Jesus and then told him in Acts 2.38, you've got to repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. He began to preach it when that fire started burning. I remember when uh, Ashley and I had gotten engaged and uh, right before we were married, she was having some problems with her voice. So naturally, she's a singer, so she became very concerned about that. So we went to the doctor, a specialist, try to figure out what the problem was. And so when they ran their test, they came back and said, well, you've got nodules on your vocal cords and uh, that's causing you constriction and pain when you talk. And he said, do you talk or sing very much for a profession? And she said, well, we are in church all the time, praying, singing, worshiping. He said, well, you might have to cut out the singing part. I don't know how much longer you're going to be able to do that. And so she was upset, and I was as well. And I remember we went to a special service, and the preacher had got up, and he had preached and gave the invitation. And anybody that needed healing to come down to the front, God would move on their behalf. And so she looked at me, and we both went down to the front, we didn't tell anybody what was going on, but we had our hands raised and our eyes closed. And 
we didn't know who it was, but somebody came and began to pray for her and said, I'm going to lay my hand on your head. When I pray for you, God's going to send the fire of the Holy Ghost, and it's going to feel like fire from the top of your head down to the sole of your feet. And she said, they laid his hand on her, and she said, I felt the heat. The warm sensation go from the top all the way down. And she said, I knew the moment it happened, something was different. And when we went back to the specialist, he was amazed and surprised because there were no nodules at all on her vocal cords anymore. You know what that was? That was somebody that knew how to get into a fiery place of prayer. Not just repetition. Not just saying the same thing over and over again. You got to bring the fire down. Bring down that power. Bring down that passion. Bring down that anointing. Oh, hallelujah. Was it long ago we were in a revival and the fire started breaking out and people started coming and receiving the Holy Ghost and being baptized in Jesus' name. And it's kind of strange because people were coming in right off the street and not family members or relatives or friends or co-workers. A lot of these were people just walking in. and God began to do something special. And so this young lady had gotten saved and she had talked to me right before service. I said, I need you to pray with me. I, I got somebody coming to church tonight. She said, it's kind of special to me because they called. and It was the person that used to sell me all of my drugs. And, and they called because they were worried about me. I said, you're not buying drugs. I'm worried about you. And she said, well, you don't have to be worried about me. She said, I went. I started going to church. And she said, God has really done something special in my life. And uh, you need to come with me. So she's telling me, she said, I want you to really pray because I feel like they're going to come. And so we started service and began the, uh, the worship team, began the praise service. And I look over and there, her friend is with her. And she's crying. And I look over and tears are streaming down their face. And uh, we couldn't get out of worship service. And I stepped off and went towards them. And she had her hands raised, speaking in tongues. And her friend, who was a first-time visitor, had their hands, and they were speaking in tongues. God filled them with the Holy Ghost, just like he had filled her. Long story short, a church that runs maybe 150 people. In a few weeks, we had 67 people receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. You know what that was? That was somebody that knew how to stir up the fire. And when you can stir up the fire, it'll jump on somebody else. When you stir up the fire, somebody else will be touched. Somebody else will be blessed. Somebody else will be saved. But if there's no fire moving, most likely they won't feel the heat. Huh? And so it brings us here to this book of 2 Timothy, the first chapter. We're talking about what happened in Acts 2 and 120 were filled with the Holy Ghost. And later on, 3,000 were converted. And experience after experience of cripples being healed and thousands receiving salvation and even a desire and a hunger just to have the shadow of Simon Peter pass over them. They knew they could be healed. And as we fast forward to this time, we see Paul addressing Timothy and telling him that I, I know you, Timothy, 
I know your mother and I know your grandmother. I know the lineage that you come from and I know why you are serving the Lord today. And I want to tell you, there's power in mama's prayers. There's power when grandma starts praying. Don't ever forget it. Don't discount it. But when you began to pray, when we began to lift our voice to heaven, it can still move mountains. James 5.16 says, The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man, it availeth much. Paul said, Timothy, I know what was in your mother. I know what was in your grandmother. And I'm persuaded that it's in you also. Then in verse 6, he says, and I'm going to challenge you. I'm going to admonish you to stir up that gift that is inside of you. Sometimes you have to read between the lines. The fire that was moving, the church that was rocking in the book of Acts. Now Paul is telling Timothy, Timothy, don't let that fire die, son. Don't let that passion fall by the wayside. Because if you ever lose the fire, you'll get so cold you can't clap your hands. You'll get so dull you'll never dance in church again. Don't let the fire go out, Timothy. You let the fire of the Holy Ghost go out you'll just be sanctified and you'll never shout don't let the fire go out you'll live a life of apathy that you can't even say amen you gotta let the fire burn on the inside you get the fire burning you get the fire moving it'll absorb addictions it will consume carnality when the fire starts burning it'll scorch sinful lifestyles it'll consume carnality it will decimate diseases when the fire starts moving don't let it die don't let it fall off don't let it disappear of Hannah's. but you gotta stir it up telling him don't get too comfortable don't get too formal you got to remind yourself every once in a while why you are here it was the fire of the Holy Ghost that saved you it was the fire of the Holy Ghost that brought you out it was the fire of the Holy Ghost that called you when you didn't get it you didn't do it looking pretty and perfect and polished you, you know how you get the Holy Ghost you got snot running down your face Everybody and their brothers got the hand on your back. I'm talking about pre-pandemic. Don't get nervous. Pre-pandemic, everybody's laying the hands. You got one person rocking your head back and forth. Somebody's giving you back massage. That's how you get the Holy Ghost. Huh? I'll tell you how I got it is when you get desperate. You don't just walk up on your own terms and in 30 seconds it just happens. You know when you get the Holy Ghost, it's when you begin to repent and you say, God, I can't live without this. God, I can't go through my week without the Holy Ghost. I need that refreshing of the Spirit. God, I just can't go to work without the renewing of the presence of God. I just can't go day to day without that sweet Spirit being with me. Paul said, you got to stir it up. Got to stir it up. So I see him pinning these words, but even looking back, looking back where he had come from and what he had experienced in his life. In Acts chapter 27, it tells us 
that Paul had been in prison and he was sentenced to go to jail. He was with the criminals in a holding place and they were to be transferred by way of ship to the prison. So Paul was waiting and while he was waiting he had a visitation from heaven. An angel came to him began to tell him that the ship that they're on is going to be damaged. There's going to be a storm out on the water. But this angel came with good news that even though the storm's going to rage, God said no one's going to lose their life. So I, I can hear Paul telling the guards, you know, I don't think we need to go to prison. Come on, think about that with me. Uh, I don't think we need to go to jail. I can hear the guards saying, we're not going to a bed and breakfast, Bubba. We're going to where we tell you you got to go. And Paul said, but can you imagine the prisoners telling them the storm's coming. We don't need to go. No, we don't care about any storm. So they get out on the boat. And the scripture says the storm called Eurachlodon began to rage. And that boat began to rock back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. And the wind began to blow stronger than it ever had. And the ocean waves began to roar. And the men on board were throwing things overboard, trying to stabilize it. But yet, no matter how hard they tried, the worse it became. Until finally... Paul stood up and he said, Brethren, I always think that kind of amazing. He's calling the guards that got him in chains, brethren. That's how you know the Holy Ghost is in you when you're being treated poorly and you can still show kindness. When you're treated bad and you still show the love of God. He's saying, brethren, don't be anxious, don't be upset, don't be stressed, don't be fearful because God gave me a promise. He sent his angel to me and the angel said that nobody's going to perish. So as long as you abide in the ship, as long as you stay in the boat, this may be ripped from limb to limb and torn in two, but as long as we stay together, everything's going to be all right. I think there's a message in there somewhere that even if we get all kinds of tossed around in storms of life, if we can stay together as the church, if we can stay united as one, as we can keep connected as the body of Christ, as long as we stay together, everything's going to work out. And so the boat gets ravaged and they wash up on shore. And they come to this island called Melita. And the men, those on the island were barbarians. Those that were ungodly and unrighteous and immoral. And did not live by the code of conduct that others live by. And so Paul is trying to get everybody together. And the guards and the prisoners are coming up and Paul decides that what we need to do, we need to start a fire. And so he begins to collect some sticks and some wood, and trying to get anything to get this fire burning. And so they begin to build this fire. And it really begins to blaze and it starts to really heat up. 
And the flames start to reach higher and higher and higher. Finally, Paul is throwing another stick on. And when he does, the Bible says a venomous snake comes out of this fire and latches on to his arm. And those men on the island instantly thought, this guy's done something wrong. Uh, this must be someone who is evil and wicked and vile. This must be somebody who's really messed up. And when that viper and that snake is hanging on the Apostle Paul's arm, you know what he does? He just shakes it off into the fire. And I'm going to tell you, when you decide to really build a fire in your spirit, when you decide that I'm going to really give it all to the Lord, there used to be an old saying that says, are they in church or are they on fire? Are you just in church or are you on fire? When you decide, I'm going to be on fire for God. I'm going to worship like I never worshiped. Praise like I never praised. Dance like I never danced. Just get ready for the attack because the serpent's going to come out and try to latch hold on you. It's the devil's business to quench the fire. It's the devil's business to steal our passion and steal our burden and steal our joy and steal our peace. But sometimes you have to follow the actions of Paul and just shake off the enemy. Sometimes you just have to shake off discouragement and shake off depression and shake off stress and anxiety. Sometimes you have to just shake off worldliness and shake off carnality. You don't do, you don't do that for so long, it'll start latching onto you. It'll start weighing you down. No wonder Paul said, let's lay aside the sin. But let's lay aside the weights too. Weights will bring us down. Weights will keep us from being on fire for the Lord. I can hear Paul telling Timothy, come on, Timothy, stir it up, son. Come on, stir up that fire that's on the inside. Stir up that anointing that you first felt. Stir up that goodness of the Holy Ghost. And when you stir it up, you will not be disappointed. I wonder if we can lift our hands high to heaven for a moment as the music's getting ready to come. Oh, I wonder for a moment, can we lift our voices to him? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, I know this is some of our second service, but let's stir up that gift. Let's stir up that fire of the Holy Ghost. Let's stir up that anointing of the Spirit. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, there's nobody like you, Jesus. No one that can compare to you. No one that can take your place. No one is as good as you. No one is as deserving as you. Oh, hallelujah. I wonder today as we stand all across the house. I've never met anybody that when they receive the Holy Ghost for the very first time, they said, you know, I'm so disappointed and just let down. It doesn't feel anything like I thought it would feel. But I know when someone receives the Holy Ghost for the first time over and over and over again, they can't even contain it. They can't even keep the tears from flowing. People that are shy and backwards, when they're full of the Holy Ghost, they just start hugging strangers. Because when you get the Spirit on the inside, there's a love that you cannot buy with money. 
And when you let the renewing of the Holy Ghost hit you again, sometimes it's too long before we get renewed. Too long before we get refreshed. Too long before we let it be stirred like it really needs to be stirred. Sometimes you have to work with the fire. Sometimes it doesn't happen overnight. It doesn't happen in an instant, in a moment. Sometimes you've got to work at it. Sometimes what we have to do in prayer, we have to work at it for a minute. We have to push past everything else in our life. Push past the cares and the troubles. Push past the secular mindset that we have to have to live our life. And let's get lost in the spirit. So I wonder today as every head is bowed, every eye is closed, I challenge you today, stir up that gift. Hallelujah. We got all week long to run the errands and to work the job and to care for the house and clean up the home. But just for a few minutes here today, let's stir up that gift. Can we do that? Oh, hallelujah. This altar's open. Would you like to come and pray? Come on, let's find a place of prayer today before this service reaches a conclusion. Come on, let's step out of where we're standing. Let's make our way down to the front. God set that fire inside of me. God birthed in my soul. Birthed into my innermost being. God, set it in my soul, God. Set it in my spirit. Set it in my heart. This message has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We pray that it's ministered to you in some way, and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic. Our Sunday services begin at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night service at 7.30 p.m. For any more information or to speak with our ministry staff, please feel free to call our church office at 386-935-2806 or you can visit the contact link here on our website. Again, thank you for listening and we pray God's richest blessings on you and your family.